I'm not going to say to anybody, oh, God didn't call you to that. I don't know. What I think the danger is, is that people are looking for the burning bush. They're looking for this specific answer to what they need to do. I never heard God's voice to say open stewardship. He never wrote on a wall to me and told me that's what we have to do. Um, And I believe that God can still specifically call you to a thing. And he might have, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it doesn't happen often. It's not common. And it wasn't common in the Bible. And I think we forget that. Maybe there's people that have gotten that. There's a lot of people I know didn't get it. And, but the problem is in in pursuing that, sometimes you get paralyzed, Mm -hmm. you know, versus having the perspective that no matter what I do, I can still honor God. It can still be a ministry. As followers of Christ, we all have a ministry in everything we do. Welcome to the Stewardship Podcast, where we discuss how to wisely manage your resources, your influence, and on today's episode, your career path. I am producer Daniel, and I have here with me Grant Botma. Hello. And Brandon Ream. What's going on? Welcome back to the podcast, Brandon. It's good to be back. Yeah. So today, uh, we are all three going to be talking about changing jobs. Are we all changing jobs together? No. No. Oh. Okay. Not going to happen. But I'll be honest, I feel Brandon is um, not maybe, I wouldn't want to call him an expert, but he's very well equipped to have a conversation like this. Mm. Um, Brandon being one of my best friends, uh, I I know uh, his thought process and his worldview and kind of what he thinks about career stuff. So I'm excited to ask some questions. But as you transitioned from one career, not just a job, but one career that you based your college and everything on into the current career that you're in now, it's relevant. And I think it's going to create a fun conversation, a conversation that many people are thinking through right now. And uh, hopefully this is going to be helpful to people. Yeah. A whole bunch of people quit their jobs recently. A lot. (laughs) Um, Like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of context that's required, obviously, but statistically speaking, uh, one of the greatest career or job change times like ever in the history of the United States. It's pretty, it's nuts. It's crazy how how often this is happening. And more than that, uh, people change jobs now quicker than ever before. Um, We had a client who walked in uh, the office to to talk with one of our advisors. And it was one of my uh, very first clients from from Stewardship ever when, when Stewardship Mortgage started. And I said, hey, how you doing? What's going on? And he's considering retirement and different things. And he's been with the same employer for almost 20 years. Ooh, wow. That is really uncommon now, right? Yeah. Because now uh, the data is under five years people stay at a place of employment. Wow. So it's it's a completely different thing now than than what it has been in the past. So I'm approaching five years. You are in July. Should I consider a different job? I hope not. But if that's what <laughs> that's you want to hear. do, yeah. um, I don't. I don't want to consider it. I'm let's let's stop recording for a second. <laughs> have a conversation. Uh, you know, and we've done some episodes in the past about um, jobs and careers and different things, and hopefully. Um, this well, we I know that this conversation is going to be a, a very different. My hope is to reveal to each person who's thinking about changing careers uh, four things that you need to focus on hmm. uh, to help make the decision easier, to help make the decision um, smoother. Because it's tough. 
it's tough to think through this and it's it hard. It's, it's not easy. Uh, and man, Brandon is a guy who's started his career over. It, it's you're, you're, you've got a lot of things to consider. I mean, your, your kids, your spouse, what you want for your future and, and so much more. What was that experience like for you when you did that? Yeah, it was um, a lot of things. It's hard to put that into a simple phrase. Um, and there's there's another aspect to it where for me, you know, I knew, quote unquote, knew what I was going to do with my life when I was about, I don't know, sophomore, junior in high school. My goal before that was to be, you know, the greatest Phoenix Suns basketball player of all time. Mm. And then also ah. win a couple of Super Bowls with the Cardinals as a quarterback. But Horacio um, Yamas was already on the team. Yeah, base, and yeah. <clears throat> it, yeah I mean, <laughs> I, 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 remember, I remember the moment when I realized mm, that's not going to happen. <laughs> How old um, were you? <laughs> uh, I was a sophomore in high school. So I, wow. I, went to, I was in a small town. I was pretty, you know, sheltered. Mm. to the outside world and so we took a field trip to watch a junior college basketball game and i saw guys in junior college you know doing things that i could never do and i (laughs) went okay like it hit me like this isn't gonna happen (laughs) and so i felt like you know in mighty ducks when charlie conway realizes he's a better coach than a player you know what i'm talking about yeah that's what d3 (laughs) one of those yeah Yeah. One of the ones where he realizes I'm actually a better coach than a player. That's that's kind of when it hit me. I'm like, I feel like Charlie Conway. I'm a better coach than I am a player. And so naturally, if I'm going to coach, I need to teach history in high school. And so, <laughs> um, so th- that's how it, my whole decision basis was going as a high schooler. So you went from I'm going to be a professional basketball player to that's the not greatest of happen. all time. The greatest of all time. Sorry, yes. yes. Uh, to that's not going to happen. To I'm probably can coach. To now I'm going to be a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to coach, you got to teach. And then I went and spent thousands of dollars on student loans because of that thinking process. <laughs> oh, man. So when you is... talk about financial wisdom, you're so, looking at it, baby. So, that's so good. <laughs> All right. And then and we went to college together. Yeah. And your major was? Education. Uh, education, yep. With a minor in history. Yep. So, so yeah. So I go play basketball with you mm-hmm. there. So I did get to do that at least. Um, but... Uh, got my degree and got into teaching, you know, obviously right after I graduated and didn't go, you know, didn't go as I had thought, um, wasn't, you know, uh, wasn't a complete shock, but there was just kind of this moment of like, wow, like, is this really what I want to do for the next like 30, 40 years? Hmm. You know, so there's just that realization of like, okay, this is a career. This isn't just some you know, summer job where you're just getting cash to survive, you know, for the school year, this is like, this is what I'm going to do. And so for the first time, I really started thinking through um, careers and and identity and purpose in your job and all these things. And so it just, it was, you know, it was a, it was a process and it was hard to go through, you know, in the midst of your career instead of, you know, thinking through that before getting into that career. But that's not uncommon. I think there's a lot of people here listening who have experienced something very similar to that, whether it be in your career or, or marriage or mm-hmm. volunteering somewhere where you have expectations of what it's going to be. You knew what a teacher's salary was going to be like when you jumped in. You knew that there are certain things that are going to be required of you and certain freedoms that you would have as well. But 
nothing is exactly as it seems until you're actually doing it. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. think that's kind of where you were at, where, where you realized, oh, man, here, here's, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is this exactly what I want to be doing? I mean, Daniel, you've had to have experienced that even coming here working at Stewardship. Yeah. I, you maybe thought it was going to be one way and, oh, wait, this isn't, this isn't what I thought. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought it was going to be like what I imagined working at a church was like, which I also hadn't done. <laughs> I had only volunteered at a church, but I was like, yeah, it'll be like, uh, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. Everybody's going to be encouraging each other. We're going to have a Bible study all the time. <laughs> um, and for some reason that was super, like, I, I wanted that. Uh, but then, yeah, when I started here, it was like, oh no, these are real people and we have a lot of fun, but it's not that. Yeah. And also I learned most of the people here used to work at churches and churches aren't like that either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so so you both have done this. People listening have probably related with this where they've jumped into now this job or this career, and now they're thinking twice. Um, Brandon, I'm going to ask you kind of in the, in the second half of this about, about four things that you consider to help make that decision, and I'll kind of uh, leak those four things. That money, affirmation, or maybe even, as you said, identity, kind of freedom. What type of freedom or autonomy does it give in your life, but then also purpose? So we're going to talk about those in the second half of this conversation. But before we jump into our one-minute money tip, Daniel, you mentioned, oh, I thought it was going to be like a, a, a church. And you know, stewardship has some, some Christian ties to it in, in a mm-hmm. lot of different ways. And we want to be good stewards of all the things the Lord has entrusted uh, unto us. But what about God's calling or God's wisdom? Yeah, I I thought I was I was trying to pursue God's calling on my life okay. before even before coming to stewardship even. I was like in high school I was like, yeah, I I'm going to be a pastor. Um but I didn't I wasn't ready to like go to college for it and I wasn't sure if that was what I needed to do or not. So I just ended up getting another job at another company. Um but I was like, yeah, this is still what I need to do. So I was still volunteering and I was serving and I was like, I think this is God's call. But what if it's not? Because I don't know. And I didn't know. I, I felt aimless because of it. And I actually stopped going to college because I felt aimless. So I thought I was supposed to pursue God's call, but I didn't know how to pursue it. Mm. And later in my life, after starting working here and uh, being poured into with some wisdom, I learned maybe that's not really how God's call works. Yeah. What about you, Brandon? Did, is that how God's call worked for you for teaching? Did you feel God calling you to teaching or did you feel God calling you to now your current career, which is in personal finance? I think, um, you know, I think everybody has gifts, right, that God has given us. And so I believe that God has given me the gift of teaching. Hmm. Um, Agree. And I think I may be confused that gift with calling mm. in thinking that because I had a gift of teaching, that meant I had to be a teacher. You know, I think teaching takes many shapes and forms. It's not just oh, yeah. being an actual, you know, paid teacher. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't think God called me to be a teacher and I don't think God called me to stewardship. Hmm. Um, you know, and we've had this discussion many times. Oh yeah, um, I'm I'm not going to you know, I'm not going to say to anybody, oh God didn't call you to that. I don't know. 
You know, right. if, if, you know, if you're pursuing God in prayer and seeking him and you're feeling led toward, you know, towards something, maybe that is a calling. I don't, I don't know. And yeah. I'm not going to speak into that. But what I think the, the danger is, is that people are looking for the burning bush. They're mm-hmm. looking for this specific answer, right, to what they need to do. Yeah. And in doing that, I mean, maybe there's people that have gotten that, but there's a I lot mean, of Moses people. Moses did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people I, I don't know, you know, or a lot of people I know that I know didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and But the problem is in, in pursuing that, sometimes you get paralyzed and mm-hmm. you overanalyze and you read into everything and then you miss out on potential opportunities that could be really good, you know, versus having the the mindset or the perspective that no matter what I do, I need to do for the glory of God. No matter Mm -hmm. what I do, I can still fulfill my biblical purpose. No matter what I, you know, career I choose, I can still honor God. It can still be a ministry, Mm. you know, and too many times we, you know, you hear people all the time say, well, I work in ministry, you know, where it's, no, you work in vocational ministry. Right. All of us are. All of us have a ministry. Yeah. Yeah. As as followers of Christ, we all have a ministry Mm -hmm. in everything we do. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just some people get paid for it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, first and foremost, I, you know, we are going to do an entire podcast episode specific to that. You're making your work a ministry, and hopefully it empowers people who are not in vocational ministry to, I don't know, have, have more purpose or have more pride or have more joy. Because consciously or subconsciously, there's a thing in the evangelical world that if you are in vocational ministry, somehow you're better than. And, and that's not necessarily what, what is in Scripture. Uh, yeah. That said, uh, I believe God is a God of the possible. And one of the beautiful things about the world is that those gifts, as you talked about, Brandon, he gives us the autonomy and freedom to be able to choose how to live those gifts out. And no matter what we choose, God is so big and strong and powerful, he can still make his big plan lived out regardless of the choice that, that we make with our career. And that is just a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful thing. It's hard to really comprehend and understand, but it's really cool. And more than that, I'm not going to tell somebody they're, they weren't called to a thing. I never was. I never heard God's voice to say open stewardship. He never wrote on a wall to me and told me that's what we have to do or that's what I need to be doing. Um, And I believe that God can still specifically call you to a thing, and he might have. Uh, But it's not likely. It doesn't happen Mm -hmm. often. It's not common. And it wasn't common in the Bible, and I think we forget that. Do we remember the burning bush moments? Yes, because there's so much to learn from that. But even if you look at Scripture and say, well, there is X amount of people that were mentioned in the Bible, and only this very, 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 very small percentage of people were called to do a specific thing. Mm -hmm. And that's a reality I think we lose sight of. All right, we're going to continue our conversation about stewarding your career after we hit our one-minute money tip, because at Stewardship, we do home loans, insurance, and investments with wisdom and love, and we want to share some of that wisdom in a loving way to the one-minute money tip. 
How can rest impact your finances? Well, we know that it's scientifically proven that when we get good rest, we're going to make better decisions. And sadly, some of our poorest financial decisions are on the heels of some poor rest. So make sure you're getting rest to make good quality decisions overall in your life. But here's something else. You need rest from your budget. It's hard work making sure you're tracking your expenses and you're being disciplined and not spending more than you make. Those are really tough things to do and it's nice to have a rest or break from those every once in a while. So something that I do is I put money aside in a savings account and when I go on vacation, I don't track my expenses. I don't budget. I just spend money however I want and when the money runs out, it runs out. It gives me a great rest from budgeting and that helps me and energizes me in my financial decisions later on. Yeah, so I definitely... I really relate with all that stuff of pursuing God's call and feeling paralyzed because of it. Because I was waiting for that call, that incredibly rare thing, and I wasn't getting it. <laughs> and it became frustrating, and, and God still took care of me and uh, led me to stewardship. Uh, not audibly, not obviously, but it, it's what happened. Um, and so his, his call in all of our lives plays out whether or not we're hearing it, I think. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's wise to not wait for that audible voice, burning bush moment. And I, if I interject real quick, I do yeah. think there is an aspect to this because I'm putting myself in, if I'm hearing this, what objections would I have? And so I, I want to make sure, at least for me, I'm clear. Like, I do believe the Holy Spirit does, you know, when we, if you're, if you're sitting, then you're like, per, you know, pursuing God and just trying to listen to the Holy Spirit and see, you know, like, hey, I just need some guidance and wisdom on this. I do believe the Holy Spirit gives people peace oh, yeah, for and sure. guidance. And there's, you know, in a sense, that inner voice of like, you know, because there's been times where, you know, my wife and I have prayed over stuff and we just didn't have peace about it. We just didn't feel like the Holy Spirit was giving us peace. We said no. And eventually we're like, oh my gosh, praise God we said no to that. Yeah. Because that yeah. would have been a disaster. Yeah. So I do think God works in that way. Oh, for sure. I think that's biblical. But what we're referring to is like a specific, like, you shall go this way. Yeah. yeah. You shall take this job. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, does that happen? <clears throat> sure. Yes. But I, the issue we're addressing is people being paralyzed and making a decision because they're not getting that. And you and I working in youth groups and serving in youth groups and all that stuff, we've seen that specifically with high school kids transitioning into college, just paralyzed by fear. Yeah. What college do I pick? What career do I pick? They feel like if they, yeah, like if they don't choose the right path, they're done. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I fully agree with all of that. And I think I was waiting for that. You shall go here. And I know exactly why I was waiting for that. And it comes down to responsibility. I didn't want to take responsibility for making a choice and dealing with whatever the consequence was. I Uh, want God to say, you do this so that, like, if I did exactly what God said, I know that if it, if it fails, it wasn't my fault. It's God's fault. <laughs> like, that, that yeah. was subconsciously. Yeah. Like, I had to, I have, I've had to do a lot of soul searching to figure out that's yeah. what it was. But the reason I didn't want to take responsibility was because I wasn't equipped with the tools to make the decision myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we want to do today. Yes. Is give out those tools so that people can make this call, take responsibility, and it probably won't end in failure because... We're thinking through some wise features of this decision. Yeah, there are four things uh, that I believe God has put within us uh, to help motivate us to take actions, to do things, to mm-hmm. wake up in the morning and, and 
do a thing. Mm-hmm. And this has come after lots and lots of studying. The, the first book that I wrote was based on these four things. Um, but it has to do with a motivational hierarchy. And um, believe it or not, money is not the most motivating thing, even in a capitalist society like the United States, statistically proven over and over and over again. It's there. It's important. But it's the fourth most motivating thing. Mm. But it is something that we need to consider when making this decision. The third most motivating thing that we need to consider when making this decision about doing your career is affirmation or even identity. And that's something that Brandon can speak to very well. The second thing is freedom or autonomy. This is something I believe God has wired in us. Again, we're God of the possible. Or he's a God of the possible, but we are people that live in a free world that he's created. Love does not exist without the freedom to choose to love. You cannot have love without that freedom of choice. So we want freedom of choice. We want some freedoms in our life, but we also do want some affirmation, some guardrails. Uh, and then the, the most motivating thing is purpose. So we're going to d- discuss how to walk through money, affirmation, freedom, and purpose when you're trying to steward or be a good steward of an opportunity or new career. All right. So, Brandon, you were a teacher. They get paid lots. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> uh, and now you are in a career of personal finance. Your money is different. How did you think through the decision of money as it pertained to stewarding your career? Yeah. So I wasn't getting into teaching. I wasn't, you know, oblivious to the fact that teachers, you know, don't necessarily get paid a high salary. Right. Um, I wasn't oblivious to that. What I was oblivious to is how expensive life is. Mm. That was the difference. Yeah. I just didn't realize all the things that go into being an adult and paying for that and how costly that can get pretty quickly. Um, and so for for me, the, the money side of it really came into, so I would say I taught for three years. Halfway through that third year, um, uh, we found out we were pregnant with our first son, uh, Carson, and so that really put us into a situation of like, okay, what what does the future look like for us? And then, or what do we want it to look like? Mm-hmm. And then how do we make that happen? Can we make that happen with these financial situation that we're in? And for us, it was like, okay, well, you know, you start evaluating, like, if we want to do certain things and kind of have a, you know, a certain lifestyle, and if we want our son to go to a certain school and this and that, you know, two salaries was going to be an absolute necessity, specifically where I was and where she was. We would have to have both salaries. Okay, well, then you look at, well, if both of us are working, who's going to watch Carson, you know, and then you start looking into daycare and what daycare costs. And so you start going through all these different things and you realize, you know, our current situation financially didn't provide what we wanted. And ultimately we wanted, you know, Christine to stay home and, uh, we, you know, homeschooling was on the radar and all this other stuff. And so for us, we knew financially that teaching wasn't going to provide the life that we wanted. So it was less about having a carrot dangling in front of you that these careers over here uh, are going to pay more. So let me pick that. It was more coming to grips with. The career I'm in, I know for a fact, isn't going to provide the money that we are looking for for the lifestyle we want. 
Yes, 100%. And the other thing, too, with that is we looked at, at least for me, it was like, okay, yeah, certain careers, you know, could earn money quicker or faster, or there was greater potential earning. But then you also have to look at what's the what's the cost to get there? What's Mm -hmm. the cost of that job? So, you know, money, you know, just having a big salary looks great on paper, but then you also have to evaluate what is the cost of that salary? What does that cost me mentally, emotionally, physically? What does that cost me as far as my time? What does that look like for my family? What's the commitment, you know, going to be like for the next five, 10 years? You know, so there's all these other factors that have to come into it. So it's not just, oh, I'm going to go get another job that pays more, right? Because mm-hmm. with teaching, you know, uh, yes, the, the salary is not great, but, you know, there's also, you have the government health care, there's summer breaks, winter breaks, you know, mm-hmm. there's some benefits there, you know, you're not... You know, typically you're done by four thirty, five o'clock, you know, depending on grading and all that stuff. You know, so there was benefits to being a teacher outs you know, that that had nothing to do with the money that you have to then compare to this next career. So when it comes mm-hmm. to money, you have to look at it not just what does this mean for my monthly budget? You have to consider the cost of everything else. So you just described perfectly why money is not the number one motivating thing to us even here in a capitalist society. All that stuff that you mentioned have to deal with the other three things that you need to consider when changing a career. Are you being affirmed? Are you able to grow, right? What's your identity in? Your freedom? All that stuff that you mentioned has to deal with freedom and and, and purpose. Those are more important than money. Yes, money needs to be considered, and I don't think it's wise to consider what potential money you could get somewhere else, but more so what you did in coming to grips with the reality and the fact that I know where I'm at right now isn't going to work for for what I need. Don't make a decision of stewarding your career or switching careers if money's like, there's a promise of something and you're not sure uh, where it could go. Be sure about where you're currently at and and know Mm -hmm. if it's good or not good. So the second thing, affirmation, uh, how did that play into even when you did make the career change? Because the truth is when you started in your career, you were making even less than you were making as a career when you, or, or as a teacher when mm-hmm. you started. So how are things going with your identity and freedom and purpose in, in the new job or as you made this transition? Yeah, specifically for affirmation or identity, um, I, you know, I can just speak to my experience. And that was, you know, again, so as a sophomore, junior, whatever, I decided I'm going to be a teacher. And, and there is... Um, you know, there is something about pouring into the, the you know, the younger generation. Mm-hmm. There is something about pouring into kids and, you know, trying to love and serve them in that way and, you know, in a sense, disciple them, you know, even mm-hmm. though there's, there could be 300 of them, so you can't necessarily disciple them that way, but <laughs> you, you are, you are pouring yourself into these kids. But even in our society, I mean, Daniel, if somebody tells you, hey, I'm a teacher, like in your head, you automatically think what? Oh, yeah. I think they're trustworthy, respectable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of the, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of the most impactful people in my life were teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, Especially and, when you were a sophomore in high school. Exactly. <laughs> and in a small town. Yeah. And so you look at that and you go, man, that, I want that. You know, yeah. that, 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 there's a lot of purpose there and meaning there. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I left teaching, there was a bit of an identity crisis mm. because there's a difference based on what you just asked him. When when I would tell someone, you know, oh, I'm a teacher, I would get that response and I would feel mm-hmm. good because, you know, people would look at me and be like, okay, yeah, you're poor, but, you know. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you, you <laughs> yeah. know. And they would like, 
you know, know like, oh man, that's so great. I'm, you know, da, 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 I can never do it, but I'm glad you do it. You, know, you get all that stuff. <laughs> now, Daniel, if uh, somebody at a, a, your a kid's birthday party comes up to you and says, hey, what do you do? Oh, I'm an insurance agent. What are you thinking? Uh, I, well, it's different for me because I know an insurance agent who is a generally decent guy. <laughs> um, I've heard he's okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, before working here, it would have been like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust this guy. I don't know if I want to keep asking him questions. Is he going to try to sell me insurance? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like for some reason, it's always like there's a, there's a pitch coming. Yeah. Different, Brandon, than when you were a teacher. Completely different. Yeah. And it's still awkward today. Yeah. (laughs) 13 years in, and it's still like when I tell people, you know, I own an insurance agency or what, like, it's still like, oh, Silence. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have to figure out something to say in that moment, you know, that lets them know I'm not going to like give you a sales yeah. pitch right now. How about them cowboys? Yeah. <laughs> and so how about this weather? Um, so yeah, there was a, an identity crisis, you know, when you feel like, again, I, I bought into, hey, I had purpose and meaning as a teacher, which I did. But mm-hmm. then when I became an insurance agent, essentially, I didn't really have any purpose or meaning you know, it was just insurance and sales mm-hmm. and something that everybody needs, but they're not exactly excited about, you know? So there was, which isn't true and it isn't biblical, but that was the crisis I went through. Yeah. And when you have to consider affirmation as part of stewarding your career, you need to look yourself in the mirror. What type of affirmation am I really looking at? Mm-hmm. Am I wanting a better identity or a more aspirational identity that really isn't biblical or really doesn't matter. Um, But there's another piece of affirmation that does matter, I think, and that is growth, development. Mm. Um, Not only has God created us to contribute, but God has created us for for community, and we want to receive and give affirmation. But also, when we are affirmed or people are supporting and affirming us, especially in a career, we get better at it. And we all want to be masters of a craft. It's part of the reason why someone might take up playing the guitar and just like keep working at it. It's part of the reason why when I took up golf two years ago when COVID started, I keep going back to the range. I want to get good at it. There's this affirmation. I want to be a master at a a, a craft. And you might be at a place in your current career where you're not receiving that type of affirmation. You're not growing. You're not going anywhere. And maybe you would in a new career. And that's what you got when you switched into a career into insurance. Yeah. So it was a process to get to that point of, you know, recognizing that. Um, but, um, but there wasn't, when that mindset came or that mind shift came, um, it, it became a, I guess, a self-competitive drive mm-hmm. where it's like, man, I, I want to be the best I can be at this, you know? And there was, you know, having... Grant and, you know, other insurance agencies that we know and agency owners that we know kind of challenging us and seeing what they're doing and being like, man, I want to, I want to replicate that. I want to do that too. Like it, yeah. Once that, once, once that affirmation really settled in and I realized that that can be a part of this career, um, that was a game changer. Yeah. And now the third thing is freedom. And Daniel, I want to go to you on, on this one. Your previous career was in kind of design and doing different things. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's two aspects to freedom that I want to touch on. Freedom in uh, your employer and how they may or may not micromanage you, freedom in your career or, or 
in your day and in your Mm -hmm. hours. How I spend my time. Yeah, but also freedom in creativity. Mm. Freedom to be able to try to solve problems on on your own. Uh, Speak to that on your previous career versus your current one. Yeah. um, Freedom, as far as being micromanaged, it actually also applied to the creativity a lot. Um, Yeah. I I would design packaging for products and... Uh, then I'd send it to my boss and, and he would have a lot of changes. And sometimes he would even like stand behind me at my desk while I was working on designs. And that was always super stressful. Um, and it was cause he really cared about it. And he, it, it almost seemed like he cared more about the design than about me. Um, and that was rough. Um, and I didn't really feel like I could try new things or, um, you know, take risks. Uh, it didn't feel like it was okay. And, here, uh, just yesterday, I sent like 300 different ideas <laughs> to the marketing team, uh, and I wasn't nervous about sharing any of those ideas. Yeah, um, because there's a different atmosphere here of freedom. Like I'm, I'm able to take risks and try things uh, because as long as I'm working toward the purpose, then it fits and yeah. it works. And one of the ways that you shared the creative idea was you recorded a video of you saying this script out loud. Mm-hmm. And in the video was your beautiful and cute daughter, Olive. Mm-hmm. And you were working from home at the time. Yeah. So how different is that based on your previous career? Yeah, it's very different. Um, I mean, there's like the technological aspect where here I work from a laptop and at the old job it was a desktop, but there didn't really seem like there was an option to work from home. But uh, what was worse than that was I also had to travel to do sales. And I wasn't a sales guy. I'm not a salesperson. That's not what I do. Um, but we had a small staff. So to do the trade shows we did, we had to all divide and conquer. The owners were going to these two. Um, and I didn't get to choose whether or not I went to a trade show. And I even objected one time because I, I really didn't want to go to the the place. I, I It was hard with my schedule with my wife. I had to make a lot of sacrifices for this job, and it was not optional. There was no even room for discussion on whether or not I was going to this show. And so here, I feel a lot of freedom in where I am when I do my work. And if something doesn't work for my life, we can talk about it and find a solution that works for everybody. Um, Yeah, that was probably one of the biggest factors in me actually deciding to look for a different job. Because I was putting up with this stuff. Yeah, living example of how freedom and affirmation are more motivational than than money. And the last thing that you need to consider when cons- you know, looking at changing your career is purpose. Brandon, we were recently in a video uh, a friend of ours put together. And uh, we were out on the golf course and he was asking questions to uh, you and some of your other coworkers about, hey, why did you end up switching careers or going from one job to the other? And what you said was... Uh, I don't know if you said purpose, but you said the the company mission or something like that. Uh, do you remember that video and, and, and what you said that and why you said that way? I don't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember the golf. I shot an 88. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Was it the worst score of all four of us that were there? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, purpose is a big deal. You, everybody is created, like I said, to contribute. We want to do work that matters. And as a teacher, you are. You're making an impact. Real people, they're these kids, right? Like you're helping shape them. Mm -hmm. But there is some bureaucracy 
some government things that come into play that might prevent you from living out that purpose the way that you maybe thought. And it's a little bit different here where what our mission is and what we're about and what we're doing. So how important is purpose to you in switching careers? Yeah, I I mean, I think we know that, you know, human beings can't thrive without purpose. So that's just ingrained into us. Um, so purpose is a major factor in this, but it's not the only factor. And I, and I think the hopeful thing, um, you know, with purpose is that you can have it no matter what your job is. Yeah. And so if you're looking for that, you know, that, that magic career that's going to just automatically provide you with purpose yeah, you may, you know, you may go through, you know, that career change and there's going to be that honeymoon period where you're like, yep, this is great. I got purpose, but then things are going to happen. Yeah. Everybody who works at a church, you think has a halo and then you work there for a little bit and like all their halos are broken, right? And Brandon, you, uh, as a teacher, were making an impact on people's lives and kids' lives and all the things that we just talked about. But the reality is your current position, your current career, you're making a bigger impact as an insurance agent, you know, like what you just said rings true. It doesn't matter exactly what your title is or even what your career is. And that is like a lot of it is what, what you make of it, right? It is. A lot, and that's the thing is a lot of it falls on you. So some some jobs and some places make it easier. You know, I think stewardship does a fantastic job of making it, uh, removing barriers for people to buy into the purpose um, stewardship does a great job of encouraging people in the purpose, keeping folk, you know, people focused on the purpose. But ultimately, that comes down to you. And, and that's, I think that's where as you evaluate this, that's the, probably going to be the one where you have to look in the mirror the most and go, do I not have purpose because you know, this job is literally just sucking the life out of me and taking it all away? Or is it because of my perspective. Yeah. Is it because of my decisions? Is it because of my attitude? Because at the end of the day, you know, we all have a biblical purpose that is pretty clear. Yeah. And it's just a matter of whether or not you're going to buy into it. At Stewardship, our purpose is to love people through finances. So somebody could have an align with the money and see that they might get the affirmation they want, even have the freedom and might want to come here to Stewardship. But if they're not the type of person who aligns with that purpose or even cares about loving people through finances or wanting to help people, it's not going to matter. They're going to struggle. They're not going to want to want to want to be here. Uh, uh, Jared, who was has been on the podcast before, uh, before this podcast recording, he uh, took a friend out to to lunch, and this friend actually has pursued wanting to come and and work here at Stewardship. And what he said to me is the first thing. He's like, "Oh yeah, I just I love what you guys are about. I love your purpose. That's me too." And he just shared stories of of what what that's like. See, a person, that that's what you need to evaluate when you're considering your career. Is this company, is what they're about, is their mission, does that align with what I'm doing? Because as Brandon said, it could make it easier for you to choose to be purposeful in your career. Look, I think that uh, making a career change is probably one of the hardest things that you have to do in life. It's not easy. Um but you got to consider what, what money's going to be like. I wouldn't go after kind of a, a, the carrot that's out in front of you, but really consider, okay, what is the money like now? And do I need to change that as a result of where I, the known? Affirmation's a big deal, but uh, make sure your identity is in the right place. 
and uh, make sure you have opportunity for growth. Freedom's big. And we all know about the freedom of like maybe working from home or freedom of schedule, but also there's freedom and creativity, freedom to be able to work the way that you want, not being micromanaged. But does this company that you're considering, does this career that you're considering, does it better align with your personal mission, your personal purpose in life? Consider these three things, these four things rather, as you're uh, stewarding your career. And make sure that you're subscribed to the Stewardship Podcast as we continue to talk about this topic of not just careers and work, but how to be good stewards of all the things uh, that we have in our lives. We'll see you in a few weeks.